Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. It's been almost 3,000 years and Greek mythology has proved that it is not going anywhere. But it can be difficult to find entertaining and engaging retellings of these myths that aren't fictionalized. Lucky for you, I'm here. Let's Talk About Myths Baby is the Greek mythology and ancient history podcast of your dreams. I dive into the convoluted and confusing ancient sources so you don't have to. Listen to Let's Talk About Myths Baby on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids. Our episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We went shape hunting around the block, and we found spheres and cubes on the street. That was great fun. Join Stories for Kids, the Lingo Kids podcast, inspiring you to learn while having fun. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. It's comforting to assume that once you flush the toilet, the contents are out of sight, out of mind. But what most people probably don't realize is that the stuff we flush away can tell us a lot about the health of ourselves and our community. And that stuff has proven to be a valuable resource in monitoring the coronavirus pandemic in communities around the world. It's called wastewater monitoring, or wastewater-based epidemiology. And since early in the pandemic, a growing number of researchers across the United States have been testing samples of untreated wastewater for coronavirus. They've found that levels of the virus in sewage plants give an early warning about levels of positive COVID-19 tests in the communities they serve. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke with Davida S. Smith, Ph.D., an associate professor of microbiology at Texas A&M University, San Antonio. She said, 
I've been teaching for a long time all the interesting things you can learn from toilets. She runs the Smith Lab, where she and her undergraduate team study comparative microbial genomics and evolution. She's also the daughter of a plumber, and she's focused much of her research into the wealth of information that goes into toilets. Our poop is made up primarily of water, but the remaining 25% or so is a cocktail of undigested food residue, fats, salts, mucus, and human pathogens like bacteria and viruses. If you're infected with the coronavirus that causes the COVID-19 infection, then it'll show up in your excrement too. Everything that washes down the drains of our toilets, sinks, tubs, and street gutters travels for miles through our community's sanitary sewer system into bigger and bigger sewer pipes. This river of communal sewage flows into a local wastewater treatment facility, where it's ultimately pasteurized and the harmful material is removed. Regularly monitoring wastewater samples over the course of time enables researchers to establish a trend analysis— These analyses have detected spikes in new variants days, even weeks, before COVID-19 testing via nasal swabs could. And since all cities and towns have their own sewage plants, researchers can pinpoint where spikes will be and whether a new variant is emerging as one of concern. Smith explained, Imagine if you had two weeks' lead time in a potential outbreak situation at a dorm or a hospital or other facility— you could potentially target your interventions and maybe reduce the impact of that outbreak. For example, communities could ramp up messaging to alert the public to practice masking, social distancing, and other measures to limit the spread of the virus, as well as encourage testing and self-isolation for those who test positive. Surveillance also gives researchers a better understanding of how the virus mutates and how those variants react to vaccines, factors that are vital to keeping the public safe. Smith said, we need to understand the virus because we don't know where it's going next. Public health officials have learned a lot about COVID-19 by tracking the number of positive tests by county, state, country, and more. But testing has its limitations. For starters, it requires people to actually get tested. Many do if they become exposed to the virus, have developed symptoms, or are required to do so for their jobs. But not everyone in a community chooses to get tested, either because they don't have health insurance, have no access to tests, aren't showing symptoms, or simply don't want to get tested. Smith said, If you don't get tested, then we don't have any data from you. But everybody poops. Everybody has to go to the bathroom. So with wastewater testing, we have the data on potentially every single person in a system. Of course, not all municipalities are testing their wastewater. But many are voluntarily participating, thanks to grants and other sources of funding, including the CARES Act. In September of 2020, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, launched the National Wastewater Surveillance Systems, or NWSS, to coordinate and build on the country's capacity to track the novel coronavirus in samples collected at wastewater plants across the country. As part of that project, the agency recently unveiled a new CDC COVID data tracker, where all the data on wastewater testing is centralized onto one dashboard for the public to view. Several municipalities have created their own dashboards to share their data and trend analyses. The CDC expects participation in the program to grow as health departments and public health laboratories further build their capacity to coordinate wastewater surveillance— 
However, it's still a developing field, and there are limitations. Among them, treatment plants don't capture homes on septic systems or communities served by decentralized systems that treat their own waste, such as hospitals or universities. However, many colleges and universities are collecting their own data, including Emory University, the University of Miami, and the University of Buffalo, just to name a few. And while concentrations of the virus in wastewater sampling can indicate just how impacted a community is, it can't tell the exact numbers of those infected. But having all the data on one page, literally and figuratively, can offer a better picture of how the virus is impacting our country. Of course, wastewater epidemiology is not new. We've talked about it on this show before, and virus tracking via sewage has been going on for over 50 years. Smith said, wastewater is very sexy right now. It's all over the news. But here's the thing. People have been using wastewater surveillance for years to look for things like polio, for example. Polio has been eradicated in nearly all countries thanks to the polio vaccine. But transmission is still ongoing in three countries where vaccines lag, Nigeria, Afghanistan, and Pakistan. Rather than relying on reported cases of acute flaccid paralysis, a probable cause of polio, researchers have been looking in sewage to detect poliovirus shed in the feces of non-paralyzed people infected with polio. Wastewater surveillance has also been used to detect other viruses, such as hepatitis B and norovirus. And Smith says she's currently working to refine testing techniques to better monitor sewage plants for the flu. Smith referenced a local sanitation utility employer who recently said to her, it's only wastewater if you don't use it. Today's episode is based on the article, Hoop Sleuths, Why Researchers Are Tracking Coronavirus in Wastewater on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Jennifer Walker Journey. Brainstuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang and Ramsey Yount. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's been almost 3,000 years and Greek mythology has proved that it is not going anywhere. But it can be difficult to find entertaining and engaging retellings of these myths that aren't fictionalized. Lucky for you, I'm here. Let's Talk About Myths Baby is the Greek mythology and ancient history podcast of your dreams. I dive into the convoluted and confusing ancient sources so you don't have to. Listen to Let's Talk About Myths Baby on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.